A blessed Lord's Day, everyone. It's good to be with you again, although not physically yet, but through online service. We know this is not ideal, but we're still thankful to God that we're able to worship online. I'm still amazed that when God allowed this pandemic to happen, God has gone before us by giving the technology ahead of time. This has allowed us to continue with our God-given mission as a church, as UECP. But also, you know, this is true with the Asian Theological Seminary. Technology and social media should develop our community life. With or without the pandemic, I really hope that we will keep, our, we will keep strengthening our body life or our community life even through corporate and small group fellowships online. I would go as far as to say that online services become meaningless if there's no community life that undergirds or supports them. That's why it's important that our online, our online ministries are tied up with the mission of serving God together and loving one another and using online means to further God's mission, our common cause as a church serving God and His kingdom. Having said these, who among you were blessed with the previous messages on the broken church and also parenting and the family? Those are very relevant uh, topics to deal with. And I, I commend our pastors and church leaders for those series of messages. My message this morning continues with the preaching series on the Psalms. And during this pandemic, the Psalms have been a special blessing to me. Many times I've been rescued from despair and gloom by meditating on the Psalms and praying through the Psalms. And for this message, I will be focusing on Psalm 73. Please allow me to read Psalm 73, 1-20, from the New International Version. Psalm 73, 1-20. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They're free from common human burdens. They're not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts comes iniquity. Their evil imaginations have no limits. They scoff and speak with malice. With arrogance, they threaten oppression. Verse 9, Their mouths lay claim to heaven and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore, their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, how would God know? Does the Most High know anything? This is what the wicked are like, always free of care. They go on amassing wealth, surely in vain. I have kept my heart pure and have washed my hands in innocence. All day long I have been afflicted, and every morning 
brings new punishments. If I had spoken out like that, I would have betrayed your children. Verse 16, when I tried to understand this, it troubled me deeply. Till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. Surely you place them on slippery ground, you cast them down to ruin. How suddenly they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. They're like a dream when one awakes. When you arise, Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. I ended to, till verse 22. Let's, uh, let's pray. Lord, guide us in our meditation of your word. May the words of my heart and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. What is God saying to us through Psalm 73? I submit the following. Number one, that we can be genuinely open to God and process our complaints with Him. Number two, that being near God through worship, we gain wisdom and a godly perspective on our complaints and our condition. I've entitled this message, Authenticity and Worship. In facing trials authenticity and worship in facing trials let me give you the outline of Psalm 73 as suggested by Bible teacher John Golden Gay Psalm 73 verse 1 begins by giving away its conclusion and verse 1 says truly God is good to Israel. That was the beginning verse, a, con a concluding verse in a way for the whole of chapter 73. The psalmist Asaph then offers a background story of what has happened in his life, the way he was discouraged and demoralized, verses 2 and 3, 13 to 14. The success and the oppression of the wicked that generated this frustration and despair verses 4 through 12, and the way the psalmist came to see things differently, verses 15 to 20. It then expounds on the psalmist's renewed conviction, verses 21 to 26, and closes with a summary of the negative and positive implications of his convictions, verses 27 to 28. Let's begin with the first point. We can be genuinely open and process our complaints with God. This is based on Psalm 73, 1 through 14. We're particularly interested in verses 3 and following, which is the backstory behind the conclusion given in verses 1 and 2. This backstory contained a testimony that included a lament or a complaint before God that the psalmist Asaph had. 
He was so honest and authentic, isn't it? He said, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He said he almost gave up on his faith when he felt envious of the arrogant and the wicked. He felt demoralized and expressed it to God, you know, by he was demoralized by their words, their threats, their prideful acts. He seemed to be referring to the Assyrians or Babylonians who were taunting and oppressing Israel during his time. He envied them, he said. He envied them for their health, for their healthy and strong bodies, their powerful connections, their sense of superiority, for being self-made people who get to prosper without God. And in verses 10 to 14, verses 10 to 14, he turns on himself. He rants about the lack of good returns in living as God's people. It's like saying to God, Lord, what did I get out of living a good and righteous life? It has not brought me wealth nor freedom from troubles. Like Asaph, how many of you can really say, I really let my guard down when I approach God in prayer? That you're honest before God with your true feelings, whether those feelings are good or not? You know, Asaph was vulnerable before God. That he could open up his feeling of being envious of others. And that he felt he was on the verge of stumbling and giving up. I remember the hymn, Just As I Am Without One Plea. Are you familiar with that uh, hymn? The chorus goes on to say, Just as I am, I come, I come. So moving, this hymn. But somehow, we associate this hymn with altar calls for conversion, right? Not with our day-to-day -day walk and prayer. So I really wonder if we do come to God without hypocrisy. The Bible emphasizes that God wants to love us and embrace us for who we are. Paul at various points in his letters, would emphasize that we are accepted in the beloved. No need to put up a face. No need to pretend before God. Romans 12.9 is something that I always remind myself whenever I pray. And the New American Standard Bible puts Puts it this way, Romans 12, verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. So prayer must be real talk, brothers and sisters. The message translation of Romans 12, verse 9 has the following. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Friends, we can come to God just as we are, warts and all. God being our friend, we don't need to put up a face that we're okay when actually we're not okay. 
in the same way, in our relationship with others, we should be willing to offer people a safe space. A safe space that, you know, just to be themselves. To express themselves in this pandemic just by being themselves. Why? Because God's like that. God's like that in the Psalms. He's the God who listens to the full range of human emotions available in prayer. Interestingly, in processing his feelings of envy before God, Asaph was also coming to his senses. In Tagalog, natatauhan rin siya. His rants were unmasking what's in his heart. That his obedience was not a way of pleasing God. His obedience was rather a means of getting God to please him. It's like he's saying to God, Lord, I'll serve you if you would prosper my life. If you will give me this and if you would give me that. It was a faith that was self-serving. Serving to get, not serving out of love for God. In particular, in facing trials, when we surely don't see the returns, we need to be reminded that God's ways are not our ways. God's word says trials serve a purifying process, even if it's painful. It serves a purifying process for the believer. It's, not, it's like God saying to the psalmist in the face of trials. It's like the Lord saying to us as well, now we will see if you will stick with me and serve me even if things don't go your way. We will know you just, if you just came to me for your own selfish reasons and ambitions. Let's turn to the second point. In worship, we gain wisdom and a godly perspective on our complaints and our condition. There's a shift in perspective that we see in the psalmist. A clarity of vision happened when the psalmist, what? When he entered the sanctuary of God, verse 17. That's when his distorted perspective changed. The Passion Translation of uh, verse 17 puts it this way. But then one day, I was brought into the sanctuaries of God. And in the light of His glory, my distorted perspective vanished. Then I understood that the destiny of the wicked was near. In other words, Worship has given him a whole picture view of the situation. This is actually how the message translation renders verse 17. Until I entered the sanctuary of God, then I saw the whole picture. By being near God, we receive, we receive wisdom to deal with present hurts and envious hearts through a long-term perspective. 
such wisdom in Psalm 73 has revealed to the psalmist that the rich without God are on their way to a future destiny of eternally being poor. That there is heaven and hell. Hindi nila madadala ang kanilang yaman sa kabilang buhay. You know. In Tagalog, yeah. And, and the celebrities without God are on their way to being ignored or forgotten. Malalaus din sila in Tagalog. All the world's power and wealth are like a dream. In the vernacular, sa isang iglap parang panaginip, ang bilis mawala ng kayamanan at kapangyarihan. In the sanctuary of God, in worship, our distorted perspective of the prosperity of the wicked changes. But not only that, we also see how weak and wicked and how sinful we also are. Verses 21 to 22. Worship actually humbled the psalmist as the Spirit of God uncovered his envy and his self-pity. Through worship, Asaph also realized that he was not exempt from the arrogance that he saw among the wicked. For he himself was arrogant. He, was, he himself acted arrogantly before God, isn't it? And it was when he admitted the darkness in his heart that the grace of God dawned on him. Verse 23, he realized that God never let him go. Yet, I am always with you. Lord, you've never given up on me. You have never let me go. Even when I was doubting you, even when I was expressing my disappointment with you, you are always with me. Moreover, in worship, he realizes that, he realizes that only God can satisfy. Verse 25, one of the most moving passages in the Psalms, Whom have I in heaven but you? Earth has nothing I desire besides you. In worship, his conviction deepens. And we are able to peek into this conviction that our only security and joy in life and in death is having God as our portion. Hallelujah. Life in glory with God cannot compare with earthly joys. And the experience of suffering, like what we're experiencing during this pandemic, all the more drives us closer and closer into knowing the heart of God and receiving God's love. Church, it's so important for us to learn to view things from God's perspective. That's what, that's what I call a theological perspective, a theological approach to life. And not to be human-centered in viewing life from merely human lenses. 
if we will look at ourselves alone, we will be disappointed. Like the psalmist, we know how limited we are, right? We know how flawed, how self-centered, how weak, and how materialistic we can be. But thanks be to God, that's not the end of the story. We're not left to our own devices. We can have the mind of Christ through the power of the Spirit in prayer and the study of God's Word and in our life together. We can articulate the presence of God in difficult times and bring joy and hope to others. And how do we do that? How do we access the mind of Christ? By worshiping God. By being near Him through prayer and feasting on His Word, through the Spirit, and by supporting one another in prayer and good deeds. Many times over, I would have despaired and stumbled were it not for the refreshing of the Word of God and prayer. Is that your experience too? Yeah, many times over I have woken up and I felt overwhelmed and worried during this pandemic. And I would have slumped into the abyss of despair were it not for the grace and mercy of God that I got to access through worship and prayer. This is why in the prayer the Lord taught us. The Lord's prayer begins not with our need of bread and forgiveness and help amidst temptation. No, the Lord's prayer begins with a theological view of life. It starts off with a communal declaration, Our Father in heaven. We have a heavenly parent whose name is holy and who reigns as king over all the earth. Our God reigns. That's our hope. That's also how Psalm 73 begins. In verse 1, it says, from the Passion Translation, No one can deny it. God is really good to Israel and to all those with pure hearts. Beginning with God changes everything. How do you begin your day? How do you process what you're going through? Where do you even start? Have you ever asked, how does God look at my situation? How does God look at me when I go through valleys, especially in these challenging times? How does God look at you? Asking that question instead of just viewing your life from your own ability and perspective. In summary, Psalm 73 invites us to pray 
with authenticity. Psalm 73 invites us to keep worship at the center of our walk with God. It enjoins us, number one, to be genuinely open and process our complaints with God. And number two, it enjoins us to seek to be near God through worship to gain wisdom and a godly perspective in facing trials such as this pandemic. May it be so, brothers and sisters. May it be so for all of us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.